0: Here we go. Today is Sunday, June 11th. 2017 and this is episode 193 of the Defensive Security Podcast. My name is Jerry Bell and joining me tonight as always is Mr. Andrew Kellett.
1: Wow, two weeks in a row. I know. We're doing well and and hello. Hello. Happy Sunday evening to you.
0: I know that means tomorrow is Monday.
1: Does somebody have a case of the pre-Mondays? Yes. Yep. Mm.
0: Anyway, uh, just a reminder that the thoughts and opinions we express on the show are ours and do not represent those of our employers. So,
1: so nothing actually blew it up since the last show we had.
0: It's It's been eerily quiet, which kind of means something is brewing. <laughs> too quiet. It's, it's too quiet. It's the mm-hmm. calm before the storm. <laughs>
1: somebody's working on a really good logo right now for the next
0: I, yep. named vulnerability be a song and a spokesperson and the whole uh, the whole shot
1: you yep. mascot
0: we're, we're big we're costume doomed well you know
1: how else would you be motivated to buy their bulky box
0: that's true so true anyway, um, getting into our stories, the first one for today comes from CSO Online, and the title is "CEOs' risky behaviors compromise security." And uh, you know, the article goes on to talk about how C- CEOs and senior executives at companies are uh, want to uh, to go in and uh, hire their own. IT services out. And they they point out that studies show 75% of CEOs and more than half of business decision makers admit that they've used applications or programs that are not approved by their IT department. Uh Amazing.
1: Because, you know, they make the rules.
0: Yeah, they do. And, you know, the author points out in here that this likely is a, a... relic of the security team not reporting high enough but i had an you know i have a different view on this one this is why i wanted to talk about this one
1: yeah i i, I figured that would be an interesting point of discussion <laughs> i'm not
0: i'm not convinced i mean certainly having you know the security leadership represented higher in the company is is usually a good thing and and uh, and whatnot. but. I don't know that this is an IT security problem, right? I, uh, I think this is an IT problem.
1: I think this is a leadership problem. <laughs> and, and I would say, is it really a problem? Well, I... It, so let's, let's flip this around. Let's take IT out of it. Let's take security out of it. Yeah. And let's say that we talk about a legal advisor. So the corporation's legal counsel has said, you may not want to do X, Y, Z. Fair. I think i do it anyway. So I I concur, and I'm sorry, I kind of jumped on your point here, that the assumption that this is the fault of the senior security person not reporting high enough in the organization is sort of predicated on the assumption that the senior leadership will always listen to everything the senior security person says. Right. Yeah. Where absolutely. whereas I can see a CEO or senior executive team going, you know, those security guys all they look at is risk. I'm looking at opportunity. I need to get this done.
0: It, well, exactly right. And I think that's the you know, that's that's where I think it becomes an IT problem, right? If if security is kind of hand in glove with IT often and you know what this is what this is saying to me at least is that the IT departments aren't supporting and, and um certainly there's going to be a whole spectrum of of different circumstances, but in general i'm going to guess that this is largely a you know resulting from it departments that aren't supporting the leadership of the company in the way that the leadership of the co- the company thinks they should be supported in terms of you know what kinds of applications are needed and and so on and so forth and so if if the i t department isn't facilitating that, those leaders are off you know doing their own thing. And, and, you know, of course security is not going to get involved because there's never been a discussion about it. And, and again, I think that's, so, so your point is, is, is valid if, you know, leaders are going to go off and, and take risks that they think are prudent. Uh, But I think that this is, this is probably a relationship issue between the leaders and the IT department.
1: I would say that this is a function of leadership being not understanding the risks they're accepting when they make decisions like this. Absolutely. And that, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to get done what they think is right for the company. And sometimes they want to bend the rules or break the rules or just ignore the rules to get it done because they see the big picture quote unquote that nobody else sees right and that you know their needs and wants are more important typically in their mind than some silly policy right and i think that there's also a cultural aspect here of an organization of you know is the senior executive staff held to the same policy and process. I think that depends on the industry. You know, if we're talking about something like a highly regulated environment probably so more so than a an industry that doesn't have a lot of government oversight and regulation. But Right. You know, that's at the end of the day, uh, the CEO is charged with running the organization however they see fit. In many in many cases, I think that's how they look at it. Mm-hmm. Rightly but, so. So I don't know. I I'm struggling with this being a relationship issue, and I see this more of a a culture yeah, but, but, issue. But if it weren't
0: a relationship issue, wouldn't the CEO go to the CIO and say, "Hey, I want to go do X," and you know, and then, you know, help, help me out with, with doing X rather. I mean, does it make any sense at all for the CEO to go? I mean, just to pick, to make up an example, right. For the CEO to go up and set up uh, uh, Salesforce.com, right. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't that CEO go to his or her CIO and say, look, here's, Here's what we you know, here's what I want to do. You know, go make it happen.
1: Well, that's an interesting point. I, I can think of a couple of reasons. You know, the process is too arduous, it's yeah. too complex. Uh Right. But again,
0: that that tells me that the that the IT process isn't supporting the business in, in the way that the CEO is 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 expecting.
1: Yeah, I can, I can agree with that statement. Is it? Hmm. But I wonder if that particular discussion has ever even been had. What I see so often is this security culture or policy of process becoming entrenched based on momentum. Right. And, and these, these rules or regulations or whatnot or ways of doing business uh, seem unchangeable. Un- unassailable and you know a lot of folks who've gotten successful in life sometimes have done so by skirting the rules yep,
0: yep. So, especially, I don't know. especially in the in the smaller companies that's been my experience they tend to be a little less scrupulous than the average person
1: so this is an interesting one, and I think it's absolutely true. I think this is one reason why, whenever we exclude senior leadership from things like social engineering tests and phishing tests, and I think we're not doing our our business any favors.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Hmm. So anyway, I, I you know I, I if this is a problem in your organization, I think it it really warrants an, a, a, some kind of assessment, and and you know obviously. The assessment has to be done by somebody properly placed in the organization. You know, the sock analyst probably isn't going to go and and figure this out at a in, in a large enterprise. But you know, if, if this is a this is a problem, to me it seems like there needs to be some kind of assessment to figure out. You know, is it the personality of the of the CEO or whoever is doing this, or is it some structural problem, relationship issue with you know between the the senior leadership and the IT department, or you know what is the what is the cause? So,
1: Yeah. Or perhaps just pure flexibility and ability to get things done. Right. And, and this is why I think shadow IT with the current ability to spin up you know, entire IT departments with a credit card uh, is going to get worse. Oh, absolutely. And I don't quite know how to fix that yet. <laughs> well, I, I, you know,
0: in, in some respects, the horse has left the barn. And, yeah. and, you know, now the challenge is is to figure out how to apply some sanity to it, right? Not, I, I'm not sure that we can stop it. I mean, I th- like I said, I think it's, you know, the bell's been rung. And and yeah. now we have to figure out, you know, how, how do we wrap the right kinds of things around this so that it, you know, can, it, you know, A, the business can move at the speed it wants to move and also is, is relatively safe. And and uh, you know honestly this is the challenge for the next you know f- for the current and next generations of IT le- IT and IT security leadership.
1: Yeah. So I think that's true.
0: So uh moving on to our next story which comes from bleepingcomputer.com the the uh, the title here is X admin deletes all customer data and wipes servers of dutch hosting provider. And and Ouch. basically that title is the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot more to say so uh, there's a a hosting provider in the Netherlands called Verilox and uh, earlier this past week apparently a and some of the details are a little sketchy but apparently a now ex-sysadmin deleted all of the the data apparently off of all of the servers they host for customers and I guess it's like a KVM and VPS type hosting company uh, but you know what's not clear is if this person was still employed at the time and and is now ex or was you know uh you know, had had already left and and hadn't uh, had his access delete, his or her access deleted uh, that part's not clear at all
1: no i i'm sure more of that will come out but wow uh it appears that they are restoring from backups yeah. it's just going to take a long time
0: i in you know I, we were before we started recording we were lamenting the gdpr that's coming <laughs> and and my goodness i think this would this would create some gdpr um attention i'll say it that way
1: yeah yeah so. it's this is one of those worst case scenarios where you 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 have to trust somebody yeah. They seem like a relatively smallish company, too. So they have admins who have this much control. Right. And it's a really, you know, this is a straight-up cost versus risk decision. When, unless you want to give something like like the ability to delete things like this, spread out over multiple people that you have. You know, that's just more bodies you have to pay, more people you have to hire. And When you're a small business, it's really tough to do. Yeah, especially
0: this this particular industry, I think is has mm-hmm. extremely narrow margins.
1: So this is a tough one. Uh, there, there are times you just have to take that risk of of your admins being able to completely screw your business if you're not careful.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know, f- assuming that this person was not employed at the time, I, it it does point out the the extreme importance. Of deactivating IDs in a you know in a right. timely manner after someone leaves, especially assistant men, and, yeah. and and if they left on bad terms, I mean, you know, that that I don't think takes a lot of extra cost.
1: Uh, concur. If that was the case, you know, right. they were fired or left and then came back later and deleted everything. That's but we don't know better. we
0: don't know about this this particular
1: case because we like to report on stories that we have no facts or details on, just so we can wildly speculate. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> absolutely so so i i, I don't know. have you seen the uh, have you seen the the twitter account i think it's called tabletop exercises
1: i don't think i have actually
0: yeah i think it, it like once a week it posts a some kind of a scenario like like an it disaster type scenario And this seems right, like one of those i
1: don't have enough stress in my life and i already don't have enough trouble sleeping you want to put that on me
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's just different different scenarios to th- you know, that you could use in a, in a tabletop. And this, this seems like one of those, one of those scenarios.
1: Let, let me repeat what I was told by a very, very experienced CISO for a fortune 50 company. If I don't know about the problem, I don't have to deal with it.
0: <laughs> yes. That's, You're just
1: bringing me problems with a Twitter feed like that, buddy.
0: It's great advice.
1: Wow. I joke, but that conversation actually happened, and I can't really say much more. But it was stunning.
0: I I understand. There is the mm. difference between negligence and ignorance. Fine line.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I I will check out that uh, that Twitter feed though. Okay, because I like stress yeah. apparently. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of right
0: up our alley though. So. Anyway, uh moving on to our next story which comes from the Hacker News and speaking of stress, if you didn't have enough stress. First ever data stealing malware found using found using Intel AMT tool to bypass firewall. Woohoo.
1: Yeah, this one's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, so um so AMT, you know, the uh, advanced management technology that uh, I, I I equate to a, a, a dumpster fire burning out in front of...
1: In you know, the, it, you know, you say that until you need to use it to manage a host in a lights-out data center. Yeah. Much like Active Directory, it's a useful tool when used properly.
0: And the burning, smoldering dumpster fire the rest of the time. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, um, this is not, by the way, this is not the same AMT vulnerability that we that you know was was reported about what like a month ago. This is a whole different issue. <laughs> so,
1: and I would argue this isn't necessarily a vulnerability. It,
0: yeah, it's not. Is um, I think this is article fodder. But I thought the w- one of the reasons I wanted to to bring this up was because I'm seeing an interesting shift in the industry away from kind of infrastructure of type firewalls to host, you know, host type firewalls. Sure. And and in that context, this issue is really problematic.
1: And so as I understand it, what's basically happening is once a host has already been compromised, they're using the AMT functionality, right. which is in essence, it's a little mini computer on a separate bus to exfiltrate data. Right. Right. to and get it around any host controls that may already be present on that device like a firewall.
0: Yeah, and so, so so specifically they're using the uh, serial over lan component. And right. apparently now like you said it's not as it's not as uh devastating as the is the other AMT issue which was an uh, you know a complete authentication bypass. Right. Which by the way is still a smoldering tire fire. In, in many data centers, because there's not a lot of patches for it. I mean, it's this is a big problem.
1: Um, I'm I'm hoping a lot of people didn't actually have it enabled, so it's not as.
0: Uh, well, you you would hope, <laughs> but again, a lot of data centers would, though, right? I mean, it, you know, especially the move towards lights out data centers. It, that's that's a you know pretty important component. So, yeah. Um anyway the the issue here is that as you mentioned AMT is this you know completely hardware separate processor separate you know well, I'll call it an operating system right but for, you know firmware based thing that runs alongside the main processor and you know it it, it effectively has its own uh, you know virtual or in some cases physical network interface Right. And that that can be turned on, right? In either the firmware, or I think it can be turned on in the operating system, uh, assuming that you've you know an attacker has you know, has administrative access to the operating system. But the point here is that um, and if you have a Windows-based firewall on the system, the the attacker can exfiltrate data around that Windows firewall by by exfiltrating the data through this AMT processor using the serial over lan protocol now as they point out in in the article here that you know it's not you, you actually have to have a username and password to connect to the serial over lan and you would obviously need to be able to connect from the internet or from you know a, some remote location to that interface but if all that you know were were lined up in such a just so you would you know you would be able to exfiltrate data it does seem kind of obtuse to me Um, however again you know we're we're moving more and more towards a model where the the perimeter is shrunk right around the individual servers and when that when when that happens and you no longer have network-based firewalls this this kind of thing can come up and bite you in the butt
1: now, what I find interesting too, is that this was actually identified in the wild. It wasn't some you know research project write up of, ooh, look what we found. This is actually being used by a, a group called Platinum, which apparently is going after government, defense institution, telecom, that sort of thing for last couple of years. Uh, you know, in my mind, I, I don't mind this AMT technology. I, I think if it does have a separate interface, you're probably better off putting that in an isolated LAN just yes. for management that probably doesn't have a default route and can't get off that LAN is what I would recommend. But, right. um, you know, this might be one that's, you know, a skill set that they kind of bundled into whatever sort of exfiltration code set that they're using to get uh, dead off board. But this is interesting. It, it's another sort of out-of-band methodology that we need to think about.
0: Indeed, indeed. So I, I, I also really like the idea of using a separate management interface. I think that's how it really needs to be, which well, which works my- in the context of, of a you know a server, but doesn't work so well in some other contexts.
1: Yeah, agreed. I'm 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 assuming a server environment in a data center. That's kind of how at least originally I understood this to be implemented. But now it's probably been molested into all sorts of different functionality. Yeah, well, I know I
0: don't. I suspect that the serial over land component is is probably a highly server, you know, a, a pretty server specific thing. But I know A M T was, you know, I I ran a little Twitter poll about this, and A M T is used pretty heavily to manage um, so fleets of workstations.
1: Was, was that a scientific Twitter poll? No, hmm. not at all. And so, why are you bringing these stats into our conversation when it's completely unscientific? Because
0: we know that some people are using it. That's all I wanted to find out.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: So, anyway, um, but on the workstation space, AMT is it, you know, the, the AMT proper, not the serial over LAN, is used pretty, uh, pretty extensively.
1: So. so, what we're discovering is much like Active Directory, you hate any technology that makes a system's job easier.
0: Let me think about that for a second.
1: You want yeah, them out? You're, managing. you're pretty much right. Yes. Yeah. You want them out there using punch cards to to apply patches? That's what you want. I'm, all I'm saying is,
0: we didn't have North Korea and Iran and China and Russia hacking stuff when we were on punch cards. Let's just let's just not forget that.
1: <laughs> I'm having trouble on a, you know debating that logic that there's. Mm-hmm. Unassailable truth there. Yep. That's right. I mean unless you want to consider hacking as in hitting something with a sword or sharpened object repeatedly, in which case they were doing all sorts of that. <laughs> and they were highly susceptible to fires, I suppose. <laughs> so
0: anyway, uh moving on to uh the next story here, which also comes from HackerNews.com and the title is Beware Microsoft PowerPoint Hack installs malware without requiring macros. Holy cow
1: yeah, that's kind of scary.
0: So, uh, you know the the everybody knows. I, I think most everybody knows macros macro viruses are in vogue again. You know, party like it's nineteen ninety seven. And
1: um, wait, it, did you just quote Prince and Madonna in one sentence?
0: Yes. Well, that would have wow. been ninety nine. I was trying to be a little different, but anyway, um, back on track. Thank you. Um, good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> so, so th- there's been a lot of discussion about disabling macros, uh, Office macros in your environment, and you know, two th- Office 2016 gives you a pretty easy way to do that. And there's been some discussion about how to do it in older versions as well. And you know, that's that's still, you're pretty good new, you're pretty good uh, advice. But you know, the the deal here is some. Enterprising hackers have figured out that you can embed PowerShell into PowerPoint documents, and uh, that PowerShell, even if macros are disabled, right, that PowerShell will activate on a on hovering over a link with your That runs. is harsh. Now, now it, you know, it's not quite that bad because it does actually pop up a notice. And and it you know asks you to proceed right so it's not like completely completely transparent to the user uh, but you know we all know people want to get to their cat video so uh, there's probably
1: absolutely I mean what else is the internet for right
0: there's there's probably some easy social engineering ways uh, to get people to, to click on the
1: on the button but so. this is kind of interesting because we've taught people to hover over links to yes check. exactly. <laughs> right. exactly and for it to drop a PowerShell code you know script basically and run it uh, that's it's pretty gnarly and this again was discovered in the wild this wasn't you know a theoretical work done in a by a researcher this is this is out there
0: yeah so I you know I think this goes into into the bucket of things that you should be talking to your employees about and and (laughs) also you know looking at uh, working with your anti-malware providers to figure out how you know how do you how do you block this? Does your application whitelisting engine block it? Does your antivirus
1: block it? That sort of thing. So, well, I'm hoping that perhaps there'll be a patch out from Microsoft to disable this sort of capability. <laughs> I can't I can't think of a valid reason hovering over a link in a in a PowerPoint. Needs to execute PowerShell I, scripting.
0: I fear, I fear the response is going to be working as designed. But you could be right. Yeah, oh, we'll see.
1: I, I, wh- what a random thing! You know, yeah. it makes you wonder how people stumble upon this. Some, some of this stuff sometimes. Aliens. <laughs> illegal? Wait, illegal aliens? Not what much. are we saying here exactly? You know, it's aliens. Come on. Un undocumented uh, admins. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're going uh, yeah, to build a
0: firewall, and we're going to keep them out. You know, <laughs> document adm- admins, that is. Mm. So. Anyway, uh, that is the stories for today. Yeah,
1: it's been a relatively quiet week.
0: Yeah, hopefully, uh, not, you know, I'm hoping for another quiet week. But again, you know, if it's not quiet, it makes for an interesting... If it's As long as it's not too crazy, because then we can't record a, a show, but, you know... Right. It's always fun to have a little bit of stuff to talk about.
1: So, Well, I'll, I'll call up Bob and see if he can release some more yeah. you know, worms or something. Yeah, there we go.
0: <laughs> All right. And uh, just a, a, rem- a reminder that um, we definitely appreciate everybody who has, commit- uh, who has contributed to our Patreon campaign. Thank you very much.
1: Yes, thank you very
0: much. And we also uh, wanted to, to remind everybody that we're going to be at DerbyCon.
1: We are Louisville, Kentucky.
0: Yep, that is going to be a good time. Uh, hopefully, you can get tickets. And, and by the way, if you don't have tickets yet, I, I would say you know keep an eye on Twitter because um, the experience has been people go kind of crazy buying them up and then realize that they can't go, and, and so there's often a lot of people selling tickets. So keep a keep an eye out. Uh, let's see, anything else that you wanted to? Uh,
1: Yeah, a couple shout-outs. We got asked to make a shout-out for uh, TierraCon, which goes on in Vegas, uh, July 27th, 28th. Uh, It'll be at Caesars in Las Vegas during uh, Hacker Summer Camp. And uh, this is all about women in security and technology. So, uh, cool little con. Uh, We gave a shout-out last year, and apparently some of our listeners found some other cool friends, so it was useful to them which is great so we thought we'd make a shout out we won't be there because
0: somebody's got to work while everybody's partying out there right not that i'm bitter or
1: anything Mm -hmm. but heads up to that so check it out if you're interested in that uh what else uh we should as far as we know be at o'reilly's second security conference coming up in new york uh, at the end of october beginning of november that's right uh, we may have a little panel or something, maybe. We'll see. Yep. I don't know that we can officially announce that yet, can we? No. We'll give it as a tease. That's right. Uh, and something else I will leave as a tease, a writing project I have finally finished uh, with O'Reilly. Not, not a, it's not a book. You won't see it in a bookshelf, but uh, it is something I've been working on for a long time that should start getting posted soon. I think I can start talking about that. Hopefully by the time this goes out, maybe even uh, I can start spamming some some of my work uh, that I did for O'Reilly out to the the entire webs. Awesome. Uh, I think I think that's all I got. Good deal. All right. Well, we uh, we we're gonna try
0: to make it three times in a row next week. <laughs> anyway, have a
1: good week. We're gonna have to work harder to come up with things to talk about if we're gonna go that often.
0: Oh, I, I know. I know. And uh, just a reminder, you can find all the stories we talked about today and all of our previous episodes on our website at www.defensivesecurity.org. You can follow the show on Twitter at DefensiveSec. You can follow Mr. Kellett on Twitter at Lurg and me on Twitter at MaliciousLink. And with that, we will talk again, hopefully next week.
1: Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.